With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. And uh, this is a scene here playing out in Minneapolis. This is part of the advanced police presence that we saw come over the course of, of really minutes when the local police showed up at the fire department or with the fire department, I should say, on that building we showed you that was burning. This is among the state patrol unit that was advancing up the street and scattering the protesters at that point for people to clear the area. And so we walked away. I'm sorry? You're under arrest. Okay. Do you mind whoa, whoa, telling whoa, whoa, whoa. me why I'm under arrest, sir? Why, why am I under arrest, sir? Okay. You are arresting him live on CNN. We told you before that we are all with CNN. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. We promise we would love to just get back to clowning around about sports. We will clown around with an action movie rewind on this Friday because that's our staple on Fridays. Rambo 3. We need something. Um, but that was that clip off the top of the show there that you heard was a CNN anchor this morning arrested live at like 515 um, That's right. Just uh, Omar Jimenez, by the way, who played basketball at Northwestern. He's a Big Ten basketball player. Um, and so we'll dive into a lot of that. But off the top of the show here, we want to welcome a friend of the show and coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Ryan Saunders. Ryan, um, I guess, well, first off, how are you? And yeah. how has how has your week been just observing our city over the past four days and everything that, that has happened? Yeah. Uh, you know, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you know, I mean, I think I'm, I'm like a lot of, you know, Minnesotans and Americans where, you know, obviously, um, you know, not happy at the moment, you know, for a number of reasons. Um, but it's, uh, you know, my family is safe, um, you know, as, as we continue to, um, you know, obviously Corona and, and COVID is, is, you know, still on, on our, on our minds, on our hearts. And, you know, we're, we're try, trying to do the right things, but, you know, what, ha- what has happened in our backyard, um, really clear injustice and, you know, George Floyd should still be alive. And, um, you know, that's just kind of where the week has been and where my heart has been, where our team's heart, hearts have been. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to, to think about. Yeah, exactly. So there's so, so much here to be upset about beginning with. And the most important thing is what you just brought up, which is a man is dead and he shouldn't mm-hmm. be. Um, but I want to ask you, as pretty much a guy who has lived here uh, for mm-hmm. much of his life, Ryan, 
Uh, how do you how do you rectify in your head the pictures that we've seen at the last two nights and last night and and that's not that's not um, yeah. sadly a city in America burning yeah. that's our city burning. Yeah, it, it, it hurts. I mean, you know, it, it's heartbreaking. You know, and people in Minnesota are rightfully livid and, and speaking out. Um, you know, if if you know our friends and family that are you know, people in the minority, you know, weren't getting mur- murdered, there wouldn't be riots. Um, and, you know, but it's, it, it's so hard to watch, to watch. And, you know, obviously everybody, you know, hopes for, you know, justice and, and, you know, more c- calm, um, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, but I mean, it was just, it's hard to watch and it, it's hard to really wrap your head around. Ryan, you're in, in such a unique position and that you are, a white male in a leadership position in the NBA and in your job revolves around working very closely with African-American players and coaches and college kids when it comes to mm-hmm. scouting and building relationships. So from your perspective, from where you sit and the relationships mm-hmm. that you have um, and the conversations that you have, have you been able to, have you been able to feel yeah. any of this tension brewing over the years? What what is your perspective in in the conversations you have with African Americans in your life? Yeah, yeah I mean it, it's you know it, I feel fortunate in in my you know and and one thing I do want to acknowledge is that I understand I am a white male in a position of leadership. Uh you know and and I have not you know had to experience a number of things that uh other people have and people that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, people that I love and people that, um, you know, I, I really trust and, and look at as family and, you know, something about, about sports brings people together. And, you know, a lot of times you, you, you come to the, the, you know, really just the normal day-to-day life where you genuinely don't see color, but, and, and so you don't talk about it a whole, you know, a whole lot, but, you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's things that are, are not, it's just not fair. And, you know, what, unfortunately the George Floyd situation has done is it's, um, it's caused a lot of uh, unrest, but it's also, um, you know, caused conversations and, you know, that that's uh, resulted in conversations. And, you know, I, I told, you know, when, when we were talking as a team um, the other day and we've been talking with players individually, you know, I want to be a listener you know, I want to listen and try to understand because I don't know what it's like to have to um, navigate through, you know, day-to-day life and, and normal um, life activities um, being a minority in this country. And, you know, that's, uh, it's tough for me to, me to hear some of these stories, but, um, you know, it, it's it's something that needs to change. And, and uh, you know, we need to empower our communities and, and keep people accountable as we move forward. What do guys say? I mean, it, it varies. I mean, I, I've always been somebody who who likes to keep you know conversations between my play, between you know players that uh, players or even coaches. Um, if it's done one on one, keep it private. But you know, the general sentiment has been that you know there has there always has been um, things that that I did not necessarily know uh, on a day to day basis that a lot of these individuals have had to experience and. Um, you know, it's it's just tough to hear. I think I I tweeted this. Uh, I've lost like a hundred followers in the last two days, just like tweeting my opinions on things, and mm-hmm. um and I don't know. I don't I don't regret that. I guess, but 
I tweeted out earlier today because I think the, the, there's this phrase of white guilt, right? Where if, if you're introspective and you think about what's happening on a grander scale from your from your perch as a white male, like for me, I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up in a middle class mm-hmm. family. Like, you know, we weren't rich, but I, I definitely had a head start. I started on third base and a lot of people start on first base. And and I just I, I think there's such a distinction between white guilt versus just being aware. And li- yeah. I, I love the way you framed it, which is. I think doing a lot of listening, instead of just coming to knee-jerk conclusions and opinions and all of this, it doesn't mean you're condoning riots or condoning looting. I think it's about getting to the why and digging into yeah. what, why is this happening. This is a good time to listen and have discussions on a deeper level, Ryan. Yeah, discussions on you know maybe implicit or explicit biases that that you know individuals may have or you know um, communities may have just in general. And, you know, there's, uh, we need, we're, we're in, a, we're in a time, you know, we could, we could have said this, um, you know, a month ago as, as we were continuing our shelter in place where, you know, Hey, we're in a time where we need um, people to come together. Um, well, we're, we're in a time for that even more so. And, you know, I, I wish I knew what that looked like. And um, you know, like, like you had kind of said, I mean, I, I acknowledge that I, I have had opportunities that, you know, or, or been given the benefit of doubt in some situations that, you know, other, other individuals that don't look like me have, have not been. Um, and, you know, I understand that's, that's hard, hard to hear, but I, I also want to make sure that I love Minnesota. And, you know, what we're seeing on TV is, is not, you know, the Minnesota, um, you know, that, that we, we want to see in the future. You know, we want a better Minnesota. And, um, you know, I think that there's a responsibility for, um, you know, people who are uh, who have a leadership position um, to you know voice that hey, as as a human, you know what was done the other other day obviously is wrong, um, but we need to we need to talk about what what else is is at the root of all of that too. Amen. Uh, so let's take take out the uh, basketball coach in you for one second and probably get to the most important part. When your son comes of age. Uh, and can begin to understand the events that are unfolding here or have unfolded in the past few days. What can you, as a young parent, try and teach him to make this world a better place? Ultimately, I mean, yeah, that's that's part of that's part of a reason. The reason why um, it's it's important that people people speak out and people um, work for change and and people um, have those tough conversations for change because. You know, when, when you, things changed for me when I became a father, you know, I, I want my son to grow up in, in a, in a, in a country that um, is, is accepting of everyone. And, you know, he, I will continue to tell him, you know, that, that you, you judge people based on your interactions with them and, and the person that is there, the person that's inside, inside of them. And, you know, I've, I've talked a little bit about it before, but um, that's, that's the root of, you know, what my family believes as, as Christians. And I think that's, that's important. Um, you know, I know we have a long way to go and it's, it's gut wrenching, but um, I do think that, uh, that, you know, we have so many, a lot of great people on all sides of issues that, um, you know, if, if everybody just comes together, uh, we, we could better, our, better the, the world and better the country. Ryan Saunders, Timberwolves coach. It would be nice to get the NBA back here 
even just like a modified playoff. I'm not saying it fixes all the world's problems mm-hmm. and the, and the country's problems, but you said it off the top. There is something about sports that whether it's when it comes to COVID or whether it comes to uh, racial injustice, there is something about sports that unifies people on a different level than most things. And so fingers crossed, I guess, Ryan. Absolutely. We, we all do. And, and we'll continue to pray, pray for uh, you know, a number of reasons because uh, we, we can see that, that, that we need that right now. You're always candid. You're always thoughtful. And we appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Take care and be you safe. You, you guys too. Appreciate you all. Thanks, Ryan. See you, Ryan. Ryan Saunders, Timberwolves coach. Um, we all like Judd and I were like all three of us are on a, just a daily text thread and we're, you know, kicking stuff around normally when we're, when Judd is three beers deep and Declan yeah. and I are three hard Closing. seltzers deep. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't help but notice that like Judd and I were both awake at like five fifteen watching the news. I was up like, till, I was up till one, yeah. went to sleep, woke up at four, couldn't sleep. Yeah. And then I just Dude. scrolling through Twitter and it, it's awful because it's tragic, it's embarrassing, and it's so bad that you can't turn away. Like, my mind has been essentially racing, and I'm not unique in this case. I'm sure a lot of people have been this way. But my mind has been racing for 48 hours, basically. Mm-hmm. And here's the weird thing. I'm watching this unfold, and I'm flipping channels last night. And to comprehend for even a five-minute period of time, that's your city. It's like, like if this was Miami, it would be disturbing. If this was yeah. Chicago, it would be disturbing. And I, I'd still watch it. But I'd be like, okay, that's not us. I remember a few years ago, my well, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, we, we were watching the Missouri riots mm-hmm. from, was it like 2015? From Ferguson. Somewhere, that might have been before the presidential election, right? I think that was, I think it was. like five yeah. years ago. Sounds right. And I just, I remember us watching that for hours on end with, like, my jaw was on the floor watching Missouri burn down. And, oh, my God, like, this is, this isn't what happens in this country. At least it hasn't in 50 years, right? And what's happening in the Twin Cities the last three days is worse just at least in watching the news coverage and, like, on my way into work today. We're we're all in the studio here today. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, socially distanced with glass between us. And there's like smoldering buildings just all over the place that you can see from miles away. We saw, I drove by a couple very much up close and it is like to what Judd said, um, you watch these things happen. You watch what happened in Missouri five years ago and you're watching on the news and you're just like, your heart breaks because man, this is, this is my country. Like this is unbelievable. And like, no, this is our city. This is our state. And buildings are on fire. I'm going to guess just, you know, and and people might be listening to this on their own time throughout the weekend. So you can tell me if I was right or wrong on this semi write that down prediction. But the longer we go without a charge of the police officer or officers that were, at least according to the six video angles I saw, responsible for the death of George Floyd. The worse this is going to get. Like I, if, if we're sitting here on Friday, it's, it's about ten fifteen in the morning as we record this podcast. And if there isn't a police officer charged between now and eight nine o'clock tonight, like what we've seen all week, I have a feeling. I know that the National Guard is cracking down, but I just have a feeling this is only going to keep getting worse until something happens on a on a on a legal level. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. And and this, you know, there's there are so. Many different talking points and and 
moments and things to be frustrated about. And it again, I think we need to always come back to it starts with the death of a man who did nothing wrong. He he maybe knew he was passing a counterfeit bill, maybe knew and he's dead. Uh, So that's I think that's the jumping off point. That's point A on every discussion. Um, But a very important point, too, I think, and, and we certainly saw this crystallize on Thursday and it was disgusting, is the lack of direction and leadership from just about everybody in yeah. this state who could have played a key role. And that start, and to me, it started with, with that 5 o'clock, which I think was scheduled for three, press conference that involved the FBI and also involved uh, Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman, at which you're just looking, I think, if nothing else, one for, okay, that person looks like he or she has it. Like, like there's a confidence I can have there. And two is what you said, Phil, which is, Okay, four people presided over a homicide, and now they're going to be punished in some way, shape, or form. And to be told, to tell this, you know, to tell us, and I don't care if it's a person that that peacefully protested, I don't care if it's a person that looted, I don't care if it's Phil Mackey, Declan Goff, or Judd Zolgad, but to tell us to, hey, just be patient, we're doing our thing here, we're doing our thing here, is the height of not being able to read a room at all. Correct. And then the insinuation, too, and this is what's tough, like some of it is give information, but also some of it is say something that is going to control what's happening, right? And for Mike Freeman to get up there and insinuate, listen, just so you guys know, there's evidence that there is other evidence that shows that maybe this wasn't a murder. And I can't really get into like to even float that nugget without context and more information. Like, and listen, if you have that evidence and you have that information, something that we haven't been privy to in the five or six camera angles. Great. Like you need to do your investigation and that information is important. And this, this should not just be an immediate, uh, you know, burning at the stake here. Like, right. th- like there is a due process that needs to play out. But I, f- right. I felt like it was so reckless to float that nugget and, d- and then kind of back away and say, ah, but you know, I, I really can't, and, I really can't say and to anything ask more. for more evidence for people to come forward with more video. I, that's what I don't, understand there is a gigantic large following of this video that shows what the hell is happening would there be other angles and i know a business has released angles what more eyewitness testimonies do you need to see like also like the bot is were the cops wearing body cams is there body cam footage that needs to be released or were they was that available there there was actually one that came out last night and that is among the most bogus things And, and and then and then Freeman com- compared it to the case in Baltimore, in which I believe there were five or six cops who were arrested, acquitted, or tried and acquitted. And in that case, I believe that the crime happened in the back of a van with no video. Okay. Like you've got, but the other thing too here is, and it, this is what frustrates me about the law. Ordinarily, I'm all for due process as fair as possible by the book. Absolutely. That's the ideal. Okay. But anyone who went to school and then got into the real world knows that there are certain things that you learn in school that I'm sure are very important and can be translated. But there are times where the real world and your real job requires drastic measures for the sake of the good. Your city is burning. Anybody, anybody who watched that press conference yesterday, and I hate to say this, but it's absolutely true, was not surprised by the result last night. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and I don't care if you have to twist the law into a bleeping pretzel right now to get these guys arrested and basically perp walked. So everyone can see that at least justice, the wheels of justice are in motion. And if I'm not mistaken, 
judges are elected officials, right? So who's the judge who is going to say, well, we're going to turn these? That's not fair. We are talking about such a special, unique case here in which I'm not saying you put them in jail, don't try them and throw away the key. Correct. But you've got to get them perp walked in front of people to say, "Okay, you are at least taking these steps. And what and and so just to, to play off what you're saying. All right. When when it comes to charging someone with, and, and I get that they're trying to figure out what to charge them with because if they come in too low that could be a problem if they come in too high and they don't have, like they're trying to figure out and they've spent three days four days now by the way like they're trying to figure out what to charge them with right but they also get a certain window after they are detained correct. to figure out what the charges are and correct. so and you can like, amend charges too like there's yeah, there's start low go up correct and so I think my question would be. Isn't there enough in the five or six camera angles? And another one came out last night where you actually see. So on the front facing one, you only see the uh, Derek. Uh, yeah, I can't remember how his last name is pronounced, but the 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 cop that is most in question, you see his knee on the back of the the side of the neck of George Floyd. The the behind camera angle shows that there are actually two other police officers also kneeling on George Floyd, and you can hear and him the in this one. one yeah, and the fourth one is standing up. Next to the other three, and it's like for for me again. I am not a police officer. I am a dopey radio host. Like I am a, I talk about the Vikings and heartbreak. But but like why aren't why isn't the stuff that we're seeing in those videos enough to at least say, listen, all right, we're gonna we got to detain you guys. Like we have to we have to arrest you guys. <laughs> exactly. Number one because there's just awful things on this video, and number two because our city is burning. Right. It doesn't make any sense. The other thing that happened this morning, and we were texting about this, at, like I woke up and like this was happening as I was waking up at like 5.15 this morning. Mm-hmm. CNN reporter Ormar Jimenez, we played the clip off the top of the show, was arrested on live TV. And I just want to say, I know there's a lot of people who listen to our show that probably don't like CNN or they think CNN is fake news or whatever. So let's just for the purposes of this say a national news organization, it could be Fox, it could be CNN, it could be anything that you like envision this scenario playing out. If you watch Fox News, envision that this was a Fox News reporter. All right, it doesn't matter what the outlet was. This guy was doing his job, and doing his job under the First Amendment, by the way, credentialed camera crew and everything. Yep. So he's doing a live report. Yep. And and the state patrol closes in on him for people who haven't seen the video, and say, listen, you like basically say you need to move out of the way. We're clearing this area. And he says on camera, he says, yep. Totally, like he's giving his report. He pauses the report and says, he says verbatim, if you don't want us here, tell us where we can go. We'll do whatever you want. We've got you. We'll do whatever we want. We'll do whatever you want. We got you. Essentially saying like, hey, yep, no trouble here. Right. Um, Just let us know, like, should we go a mile away? Should we go a block away? You tell us where to go because we don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. And so... No response from the state patrol officer. So he starts giving his report again while holding his credential out so that everyone can see, like, I am a CNN reporter. You know, my standing plea is let me know where we should go. In the meantime, while you figure that out, I'm going to continue giving my report. And they arrest him. Yeah. They handcuff him. Yes. And he's black. And think about the optics of this, too. And this is where, like, when leader, I don't, I don't know who to blame for this. I don't know if it's, you know, someone at the top of the state patrol. I don't know if it's Tim Walls. I don't know if it's. Mayor Fry, but how in the middle of this do you arrest a black reporter on live national television after all that's happened this week? By the way, there was a white reporter on the other side of the and, block that continued reporting for the yeah. rest of the hour. And last how? night, and last night, you literally took your cops and went home and folded up the tent 
and let everyone do whatever they wanted at that point, and now you're going to come back, and one of your marquee, okay, now we got this, is going to be, one, a reporter, two, to your point, a black reporter, while his um, colleague, a white guy, is basically told, yeah, back up, that's fine. This is, I have never before been so embarrassed to be from the state, and and the leadership in the state has basically bailed out. I mean, Jacob Fry finally gave a press conference at what, 2 a.m. on on Friday, mm-hmm. Thursday into Friday. How he was not giving almost um, hourly press conferences or updates, I have no idea. Tim Walls, who, who again, I have defended on the COVID-19 thing. I think he's in an impossible position there. I think it's very difficult. I don't know. I don't know what's right and wrong there. Tim Walls yesterday pretty much disappeared. You had some of the most important officials in the prosecution of four guys who, as far as I can tell, by every piece of videotape I've seen, committed murder, just bungle it beyond belief, to the point where Mike Freeman said something so egregious that they had to put out a press release trying to walk it back, but the national network didn't see that, and they were saying what what he had said, I have, and, and then here's your other problem. Your cops, and I've said this for a few days, there's a lot of good cops, okay? So this is not a blanket statement. But your leaders look like incompetent idiots, and your cops look like raging racists. And that's Minnesota now. That's our, that's our, you know, let's, I get, I'll preface this by saying, right now it's not important. But let's not forget that we have been respected as a community for a long time. We've gotten a lot of big events. We've gotten a lot of conventions because people looked at us with a respect. That's gone. That's gone. Our national perception, ladies and gentlemen, right now, welcome to Detroit circa 1968. That's what we are. We're Boy. burning. We're incompetent. We're racist. That's what we are. That's the, that's the perception and the reality, quite frankly. Like yes. It's, it's but, both. I mean, think I mean, about that. Think about what we were two years ago. You think, you think Super Bowls are going to be – you think the National Football League is going to be like, you know what, let's go back to Minnesota. Do you think anybody who puts on a convention for Get Sports for a second is going to say, you know where we really should be? Downtown Minneapolis. So my WrestleMania is not going to happen? No, definitely not. Oh, I, I put it in. Actually, Vince McMahon might not. Yeah, I, I put it in point. Alaska before I put it here. But I'm, I've never before said that I am embarrassed to be from this state. The only time I've, I've said that previously was probably um, in relation to some sports things. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. but I've never said that as as a person that grew up here in a community that I thought was great. When the, when Today the, it's embarrassing. When the Twins play the Yankees, I definitely am embarrassed to be from Minnesota. Well, exactly. I'm going to say we, that, that's fun. And but, the, the majority sort of, of sad, Gopher but, football seasons in my life until PJ Fleck got here, I've, I've been embarrassed to to don the maroon and gold. But you'd, but, but you'd go out. It today, but though. you'd go out downtown, or you'd go out wherever yeah. you went out to a nice little restaurant, and you'd be like, "This is a great little city." Yeah, not I mean, little. It's a great city. And now we got St. Paul on fire and Minneapolis on fire. I will say, I still think it is a great city. I love this city, but the state of affairs right now in this city, I agree with you. It is, uh, it's definitely, it it almost feels like we've been frauds, like that there's been all this underlying tension and like we kind of portray it as, hey, the, it's the, it's the great Northern Mecca and we're, uh, you know, we're very forward thinking and technology and it's this. It's this metropolis in the northern area of the United States, and we all get along in Minnesota nice, and underneath the surface, there's there's 
And it's like we're not all oblivious to it, but I think I think it's now being exposed that it hasn't been all Pollyanna here in the state of Minnesota. And now we have a lot of you know what to work through. And and let's be honest, they were given and I mean this is where the where the lack of leadership and really the stupidity that they've used, they were given, in my opinion, a gift on Tuesday night. That is, they were given the gift of seeing the the unrest start and it rained and people sort of dispersed. And you had all the time in the world then to say, okay, we might have a problem here. Yes. In, in, in fact, not we might, we are. The, the, working, the working theory as of late Tuesday among the leaders in both the state and city governments should have been, we got a problem. What do we do? And at that point in time, you got to get those cops into custody and you got to show everyone that they're in custody. And I don't care how you do it. And I don't care where the chips fall, but I'm, you cannot be a legal mind and come back and say, well, that you just can't do it that way. So you're telling me, you're telling me that, that to basically preserve the absolute rights of four people, it's worth your city and it's plural cities because it involves St. Paul too. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. Amen. Um, you can always hit us up if you agree, disagree. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Twitter handles are at Phil Mackey, at Judd Zolgat, at Dex's tweets. And uh, same for Instagram, except it's the Dexter, underscore the Dexter for Declan on Instagram. You know what will make this show a little bit more fun? Action movie rewind, boys. A lot of thoughts on that. I wish to take you back alive. <laughs> this is your last warning. The choice is yours. What do you say, John? That's right. What do you want? Cooperation. This sector has been under total control for over five years. There is little more I can do here. It is, as you say, without challenges. If you supply to me worthy information about more Stinger missiles you are planning to deliver, it could provide a way out of this for us both. After all, in the end, what everyone really wants is peace. Let's pump it up around here, boys. Action movie rewind. Oh yeah, some good, uh, some good fun on a week that's absolutely sucked. It is. <laughs> it has. Yes. Today's action movie rewind is all about Rambo Three, and some people are asking, well. You know, why, why would you guys not just go in chronological order? Why wouldn't you go Rambo? Why wouldn't you go First Blood and then First Blood 2 or whatever, Second Blood? <laughs> Listen, if we had to do that, then because I want to review at some point a Rocky movie. We're not going to start with Rocky. Rocky 1's like two and a half hours and happened. stuff. So we're going we're gonna to jump yeah, around Yeah, just a one bit from sometimes. a franchise yeah. now, Yeah, I think is absolutely fair. So we chose probably the, the most ridiculous one, Rambo 3. And you, you say ridiculous. <laughs> I say ideal for this uh, segment. So here's the summary. And I grabbed different chunks of like the Rotten Tomatoes summary and then a couple other ones. So I'll read you just a couple chunks here. Over 2 million Afghan civilians have been slaughtered by Russian armies over a nine-year period, including chemical warfare. And the United States wants John Rambo to come out of retirement as a combat soldier to help fix the problem. Because he's working in a monastery. <laughs> Which we'll get to. <laughs> Here's the Rotten Tomatoes write-up. By the way, 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what? I think for, a, for, for, the, for the third I'm action shocked. movie in a trio. What? What do you mean? You thought it'd be higher? No. 
got to be lower. Which is why, <laughs> which is why I loved it. How does, how does Rambo 3 get 37% and bleeping speed gets 94%? What is wrong with America? Outside of what's wrong with know, Phil Mackey, yeah, I think it didn't have piano. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna speed up. Actually, we oh. should we should do another category. Would this movie have been better with Keanu Reeves cast as the lead <laughs> character or not? And Sandra Bullock as the <laughs> mercenary. <laughs> when Vietnam vet and former Green Beret John Rambo discovers his former commander is being held captive in Afghanistan, he undertakes a personal rescue mission. This big-budget action drama soon finds Rambo returning to his vigilante ways, single-handedly killing countless enemies during the course of his quest. Worth noting that Rambo 3, which was released on May 25th, 1988, so uh, this week is the 27th anniversary? No, I'm sorry, 32nd anniversary of Rambo yep. 3. It grossed $189 million at the box office with a production budget around $60 million. Rambo 3 was the most expensive film ever. Ever made at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Your favorite part of Rambo 3. We'll start there. Duds all good. Oh, goodness gracious. Now, first of all, I did find this factoid. The 1990 Guinness Book of World Records deemed that Rambo 3 was the most violent film of the time ever made. 221 acts of violence, at least 70 explosions, and more than 108 characters killed on screen, okay? Can I give you, at some point during this rewind, I have my five favorite kills from the movie. Okay. Just so you guys know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I've got so many different parts of this film that, that fall into the category of favorite parts. Because it was, it was an hour 42 running time. Of just gloriousness. And it, it actually felt a it little really long. Was. It felt a little long. It, it probably didn't need to even be an hour 42. It probably didn't, but who cares? I, I, you know what? <laughs> if, you keep, if you keep it below 145, I'm fine with it. Um, I think my favorite, though, if I have to pick one, and I mean, there are some just juicy ridiculousness scenes in, in this, including, including Stallone being paired with um, his co-star, who, again, sort of look like I did. I mean, skinnier than me, but it's like you really are supposed, supposed to believe that this guy runs with John Rambo. Uh, but my favorite part is at the end in the scene after the cavalry comes, and they're all fighting. And first, I believe it's pronounced Colonel Trotman. Yep, Tr- Trotman. Trotman. Yep. Okay, he gets shot in the upper back shoulder and goes down. And, and it looks like the way the shot hits him, it looks like, oh, my God, he might be dead or hurt badly. And shortly thereafter, John Rambo gets shot in the leg, like right square in the leg, to the point of even if you're Stallone, that big and burly, I think he probably couldn't run too well. Shortly after both of them are shot, they're absolutely fine. They are absolutely can, can run around, and and they're, you know, either in Stallone's case going yeah. into the tank. This was also after, so Stallone gets shot in the leg, and this is after, I'm probably skipping way ahead here, but. He has a piece of shrapnel from oh, an yeah. explosion that he pulls out of his own body. That's in the cave. And then he essentially welds his own wound shut yep. with a freaking torch. He That's is, the most ridiculous part of the movie. First of all, first <laughs> of all, he, he is recovered from that by this time. But anyway, so so in this scene then when when Rambo, who's been shot in the leg, manages to get in the tank and commandeer the tank and the collision with the helicopter. And there's this huge explosion. And and throughout the course of this film, they've basically been showing helicopters and tanks explode, blow up, people die. 
and that John Rambo survives that. Of course he does. And he's absolutely John fine. Rambo, man. And at the end, he, him and, and Trotman, again, are standing there about to go home, and it's like they were never shot. All right, let me give you my favorite part of the movie because I think when we get to Declan, he's pretty much just going to walk out on the entire segment. Yeah. I can tell that he didn't like this movie. <laughs> it's just going to be That's great. That's the point. So You're not supposed to like My it. favorite part of this movie was the opening like three or four minutes. Okay. Just like right right when you get into it's 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 such an ultimate 80s action feel to the first like three, four, five minutes of this movie. So you've got roided out Sylvester Stallone with his back to the camera. He's living in Bangkok and he's living he's living in a monastery, essentially. <laughs> but he's also an underground cage fighter of some kind. Do it for extra money. Yeah, for, for money, the monastery. Yeah, extra for money. the monastery. He gives, he the, gives money it to the, the monastery. To the yeah. young monks. Yeah. yeah. So he's got the curly long hair. He's got his he's got his roided out back muscles to the camera, and he's tying his red bandana with with scars all over his torso and chest as he turns around and body, and he walks into this raucous underground fighting arena where they are fighting each other with essentially two nightsticks or clubs. Yeah. Yep. And it's just a it's two dudes right it out shirts off and it's like hundreds of people with. Whatever the Bangkok cash is, they're taking bets. And so Rambo wins the fight, but he, but he very nobly does not kill his opponent, even though he could have. He helps the guy off the ground. Mm-hmm. He pockets the cash. He gives it to a young monk. It's basically if you were to combine the first five minutes of Rambo three, or if you were to combine like Rocky four, Bloodsport, Bloodsport, I thought Bloodsport, and and Rambo, obviously all into one. It's just. It's it's the culmination of '80s action movies in five minutes at the beginning of this. How, how long? Unbelievable. Does, how long does it take before uh, Stallone uh, has his first word? Yeah, I was wondering. I the dialogue that as well. on Stallone. I noticed that too. It, do you think it takes eight minutes at least? I I would say probably so. It's, it's pro- not probably for the best. It's not until they get oh, back to the monastery and and yeah. Kurtwood Smith was my favorite part of the movie because oh red foreman red foreman's in the movie <laughs> I, I saw him and i was like oh thank god red foreman and long before red foreman baby <laughs> and then he was only in the movie for like three minutes <laughs> yeah he, he was just a go-between my favorite part was when this movie was over this was the worst <laughs> film i have ever seen dude what? this you're was not, the worst wait. worst movie i have ever seen you're, from start to finish you're not embracing this the was, project no i embraced the project this was the worst film i have ever seen you know dude. what it's awful i am okay with this take i am tolerant of this take it's so especially bad. this week i will not be intolerant of anything including your take on this movie <laughs> and this was before everything started unfolding last night i watched this like at six o'clock i turned it on at, at what the point night, last night was a horrible night from starting at rambo all the way to bedtime man. and really like if you were to have uh, i don't know news coverage of minneapolis and rambo three on two screens you wouldn't be able to tell which was which at certain correct. points correct so all right so declan hated it okay well let, it, let's dude. get right to let's get right to the next category what was your least favorite part about rambo three we'll start with declan yeah i was gonna say declan go ahead what was the point of the horse game scene where they're like chasing that rodent yeah and tra- that's what it was teamwork well, it was so okay from a cinematic standpoint. The point of the horse, it was like a game of polo, but they were it was kind of like a modified game of polo, right? It like, like it was it. like Afghan polo. I don't know. the The cinematic point of it, they needed a mechanism to get all of these guys in one spot, but not paying full attention, so that when the Russians came in with their military aircraft, yep, exactly, they could catch them off guard. Yep. So because they had been tipped off by the informant who was supposed to be on John side. Rambo's side, correct? Yep. But they had an informant. Um, camaraderie's right i would say uh if i could if i could get to my second favorite part of the movie i think or the most like ridiculously corny part of the movie yeah 
So Colonel Chapman is trying to convince Rambo, listen, we need your help on this. And we both know, even though you're sitting here and like. Now, be now very you, clear. He calls him John only. Though. He calls him John. John. Yep. Listen, John. What do you want? And he, and he basically John. says. I did my time. I know you're meditating with monks now, even though you. So you're, you're living in a monastery and you're meditating with monks, but you're also like fighting in these brutal underground fights. It was sort of weird. But I know and you know that you are a military fighting machine. You are a born combat soldier. Mm-hmm. And Rambo is saying, listen, I'm at peace. I, I like it here. My, my, in fact, in his I, words, he said, my war is over. In fact, I've got lines, too, because the lines in this film were just glorious. So unless I'm missing something, so this John Rambo is in Bangkok, okay? That's where the, that's where the initial scene is taking place. Yes, you're right. The the conflict I took notes the on conflict thing. is in Afghanistan. Yep. The Russians have infiltrated Afghanistan. Yes. And there has been a nine year war going on. Okay. Okay. So so the United States uh, embassy officer and then Colonel Troutman travel to Bangkok from I don't know where exactly, maybe even from the United States, but they travel to Bangkok and they make a special trip to f- tell Rambo face to face, like, hey, we want you to come back. Okay. He says no. Yep. So Colonel Troutman goes on with these other soldiers, not with John Rambo, and immediately, like at the border of Afghanistan, yeah, just like get wiped out. It's bad news. <laughs> so, what we don't know is did the did the official embassy guy also go with them to the border? Because if he did, that means he traveled. And I looked this up on Google: two thousand five hundred miles back to Bangkok. Oh no, he didn't. To walk up to John Rambo face to face just to say, "Hey, listen, your buddy got captured." Go. Okay, he didn't go. Yeah, yeah. So he stayed. Colonel Chapman took okay. him with him and then and then left him. Okay. When John, I thought he made a special trip of twenty five hundred no. miles back to Bangkok to say, no. "Hey, I just wanted to tell you face to face, your buddy got captured. Uh, uh, there's nothing we can do. Goodbye." <laughs> no, he was now. Now I don't know if he had stayed in Bangkok and he was a liaison there, or had supposedly gone back to the the U.S. Because this was a war in which the U.S. was not participating, mm-hmm. but had a, veteran, a vested interest in keeping the Russians out, out of Afghanistan, which is why they told John, we can't condone you going now. That's nothing new. So they couldn't condone that. It's <laughs> nothing new. Um, okay. Very, very, very cynical, John Rambo. So, well, he's had a lot of experience because lot, we, we didn't go through issues. the first two. Trust issues. But in, in the first two, which I think, Started with the Vietnam experience, John had a lot go wrong for him. Okay, my least favorite part about this, and this is actually going to go back to um, Air Force One as well. Air Force One was the 90s, right? 97 or so? Yeah. This is 88, around the time that Gorbachev brought down the wall, right? We kept going back to the well of Russians being this communist, terrible yeah. country, and they and at that point in time, they really and still aren't those guys. So, like this whole film is based on <laughs> communist Russia out there, and and the it's, other it's ho- a Stallone theme in the eighties, and, and the, we will get to and the, the and the well, yeah, but but the Rocky one, I think, in a time period one, still made some sense. Like by this time, it made no sense, and the other thing was. Do you think it would be seen now as objectionable that in the 80s, late 80s, and certainly throughout the 90s, when we did a project that involved the bad guys from Mother Russia, that we found the worst American actors we could with bad Russian accents? Yes, they all sound like Teddy KGB and Rounders. Pay him. Pay that man his Actually, money. Actually, they're not that good. <laughs> 
Oh, Malkovich Teddy, was pretty. Teddy KGB, like John Malkovich, essentially walked into Rounders and said, "I'm going to do the corniest Russian accent ever," and it worked because mm-hmm. he's just so over the top. Yeah, and he's good. But you could even hear it kind of going in and out of like it was like going between how a New Yorker would sound and how a Russian would sound. <laughs> Where are the missiles? I don't know anything about any missiles. Of course you do, but you do not seem to realize I am providing a way out for us both. You expect oh, sympathy? That was British. Paul, I'm starting this right. over. You're right. Okay, listen to this again. Yep, you're right. It's, you it's going it? back and forth between like a British accent and a Russian accent. Where are the missiles? I don't know anything about any missiles. Of course you do. But you do not seem to realize I'm providing a way out for us both. You expect both. sympathy? You started this <laughs> damn war. Now you have to deal with it. And we will. It is just a matter of time before we achieve a complete victory. <laughs> yeah, be a victory. Every day your war machines lose ground to a bunch of poorly armed, poorly equipped freedom fighters. The fact is that you underestimated your competition. If you'd studied your history, you'd know that these people have never given up to anyone. They'd rather die than be slaves to an invading army. You can't defeat a people like that. We tried. We already had our Vietnam. Now you're going to have yours. <laughs> okay, he actually slipped from from Russian to British to, I think, I think he just sort of gave up for a second. He's just like, hey, dude, what's going on? My name is Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stop with this. I charade. don't know anything about any missiles. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I want to give Declan more of a platform here since we're on our least favorite things about this movie. Here. Yeah, Declan, go ahead. Uh, I despise the little kid arguably compromising every part of the mission. I agree with that. I'm with you on that. What the hell is he doing? Dude gets his legs shot up early, and What's then this? Rambo has to carry him yeah. and fight off like 400 Russian soldiers. What's this? It's a knife. What's this? It's a necklace. It, it's it's it's. it's it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, don't be annoying. Well, and he just won't leave. Yeah, he won't. He, he like, won't, won't leave. go home. Well, see, like if they were going to use him, they should have used it's him. A good one, Dex. I in, like that. Uh, one. Uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom had short round. Yes. And he was like a, he a valuable, me of him. but he was a valuable part of the. This kid was like a pest. Correct. He he added no value at all. When Rambo is going through the dirt, trying to sneak into the place with his knife, trying to figure out landmines. Yep. And apparently, if you just hit one with a knife. It doesn't blow up. Yeah, is there a, is there like a weight limit? Like yeah. if you if if it's if it's yeah, I 50 think you trigger it. But with your weight, yeah, I think you just sort of like stick the knife there. Who knows? Yeah, he's literally crawling on his belly and, through a minefield. And have you guys ever seen <laughs> supposed explosives that look cheaper? Yeah, like all yeah. the explosives look like they came from Mattel toys. <laughs> well, they probably did. I don't know. I didn't look at like how they produced it, but. They probably had like toy helicopters and stuff. That the they film were cost a boatload to make, I, I, as you said. It was so. amazing. Yeah. That part was amazing. But yes, the kid one's a great the kid one. one was ridiculous. I and I'm like, lose the kid and your pal, because mm-hmm. if we know one thing, John Rambo works solo. Yeah, like there's no reason he doesn't need he doesn't need teammates. And that brings me to my least favorite part of the movie. All right, I'm all for suspending my disbelief for the most part, except for speed and how you would keep a car or bus going over 50 miles an hour, exiting off freeways and stuff. We don't have to get back into that. This is where my disbelief <laughs> crept in just a little bit, even knowing the context, like this is a, this is a, an eighties action movie. This is Rambo three. I feel like Russian citizens should be very, very disappointed in their military. Okay. How does one guy and like a kid sidekick and an, an old <laughs> shot up colonel take down several hundred russian soldiers at their base and also out in the middle of some desert of some kind when they are surrounded at the end of the movie when they are like temporarily surrounded until the afghan army comes in 
Those guys are temporarily surrounded by like 400 Russian military members after they've already killed about 200 of them. I just feel like, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know what it reminded me of? Remember when the Gopher basketball team played Alabama, shorthanded Alabama? It was oh, like a, it was like a five on three because Alabama had everyone fall out. I think it was Thanksgiving or Black Friday. Yeah, like the Gophers in that game <laughs> were Russia in in Rambo Three. It's like you guys put them away. What just just lean on them? What are you doing? So I I just feel like. If I'm a Russian citizen, I'm I'm looking at my army in 1988. I'm wondering a few things. Well, what, there's okay. a little bit of foreshadowing because his partner, when they're on the donkeys, you know, trying to get there, he was like, instead of sending 500 sheep, he said five good men or uh, five lines, five lines instead of 500 sheep. So it's a little bit of foreshadowing of we don't need to send a whole cavalry. We just need five good These guys. These guys are idiots. These yeah. guys are dummies. Well, and it's Ramble. He works alone. That's got to be the, the whole key thing. As, uh, as they're riding the horses or donkeys or whatever it is, like they're going through the caves to yeah. try and get to the Russian military base. Yep. And at one point, Rambo asks, how much, how much further? And the guy goes, about two hours. About two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'll look at my cell phone. Yeah, check my I'll look GPS. at my GPS. Yeah, it's about two hours. Away, Johnny. It's about two hours. So, so explain oh. this, too. So the, the scene that came after the, the game on the horses and the Russians attack with, I think, two copters, all right? Yeah. And they're shooting guys up left and right, and horses are falling down and blah, blah, blah. And Rambo is, like, in their sights. Like, the helicopter is, the yeah. he is right below it. So he's completely screwed. And he gets away. And then he gets to that machine gun and actually blows up the copter. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Great scene. Yeah. Everyone else basically is dead, except for, like, two key folks who come back. The kid, of yeah, course, like doesn't the, die. I love how, the, like, the one guy, as, as so Rambo goes into this Afghan village off the top of the mission and sits down and basically says, like, who's coming, who's coming with me, right? And all of them are like, dude, it's a suicide mission. Like, we're not, we're not going with you. This thing's been going on for nine years. And, and so what, the wise Afghan guy with the mustache says, don't leave. Let me explain to you why we are not helping you. Right. Yep. And, and he did a very good job explaining, listen, the Russians have overtaken our country. They've overtaken our village. Um, yes, we have been fighting them in certain spots. But the more we push back, the more they just overwhelm us. Mm-hmm. And so why would we go on this mission to save your buddy? If we know that it's just going to result in them coming to kill us anyways, like what's, what's the point? So they play the game of polo. The Russians come over with their military helicopters and kill everyone and perfect timing. So Rambo's alive. The kid is alive. And then like the wise old sage guy comes walking up and he goes, see, I told you so. Like, <laughs> well, and, and the Calvary, how, how did the Calvary know when to come too? Like they just showed up miraculously at the 11th hour right. because like how would they like, how would they know that rambo has... they wouldn't know unless they called hey john what's going on man i need some help here they i'm text. gonna be in Who the, sent the text message uh plagiarism alert did you guys notice that when he is rigging up the russian camp and putting the bombs on the cars and the tanks and stuff that there is an underlying so there's the the haunting music playing but then there's an underlying no 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 a little like Halloween. They stole Friday uh, the Thirteenth. Yeah. That's yes. That's Friday the Thirteenth. You can't steal that. That's Jason Voorhees music. So great to quote you guys. You're wrestling. That's Jason Voorhees. That's not John Rambo's my God, music. My God, that's Jason Voorhees music. That's not John Rambo's. Can I give you guys my five greatest kills in Rambo Three? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think you'll remember all five of these. Absolutely. Right? So, in no particular order, these are just the five best kills of Rambo Three. Okay. 
Number one, Judd already mentioned the machine gun nest near the beginning where he run he outruns machine gun fire and <laughs> bombs from from helicopters. He sits up in the machine gun nest and he hasn't sat in one of these for a long time. Okay, this is the other thing. Like one of my nitpicks is would Rambo have been performing at this level coming out of retirement? I don't know, man. Like he's older. This would be he had he had no training warm up missions with Washington scoring fifty. Correct. On a regular basis. Like, not just a fluke 50, but, like, scoring 50 maybe night after night. Yeah, he got some there. But he jumps right into the machine gun nest, feels like he's at home. How about how about the knife throw to the throat of a Russian security guard as he's trying to get his his buddy, the colonel, out of prison? I feel it was like, like a 20-yard throw, just precisely right to the juggler. I feel like the knife throw to the throat is very—it's a cinematic competition between Stallone and Arnold. Yeah, they both like they like both they're both their dueling for tricks. who who can have the best knife throw to gut a person basically from across the room. It's a risky play because obviously uh, in this case, I think one of his comrades was also standing next to the security guard, maybe even the kid. And it was the kid. So like you're right. You, you could you could you could hit your comrade. You could miss entirely, and now you're empty-handed. That guy has a gun. Like yeah, it's it's a high risk maneuver. Of course, you'd get shot, get right up, and be fine. Correct. Which is what happened twice in this movie. John. Uh, the third best kill of this movie, when he just walks up behind one of the Russian soldiers outside and uses kind of a modified sleeper hold and then snaps the guy's neck Chuck Norris style. I actually, I actually have a complaint there. I, I think Schwarzenegger's um, neck snaps are way more believable and way more fun to watch. <laughs> Stallone's are sort of boring. Like he, it, looks, it looks like he learned a modified sleeper hold, and you're supposed to believe that kills a guy. He well, was, listen, Ted DiBiase probably had the best sleeper hold in the history mm-hmm. of TV, wrestling, et cetera. And so I, th- I could see how you could get into that sleeper hold and just put a little okay, torque but, on But somewhere. Schwarzenegger Films gave you, to me, what's the key cinematic experience of the neck snap, which is the crack <laughs> itself. Oh, yeah. Stallone's don't. He, he like, just, like, you don't hear that. He just seemed dejected the whole movie. Like, he was just so lifeless. Well, John Rambo is lifeless. Yeah, like, is, kind he, of a, is he like that in one and character. two? Yeah, he's not a very excitable guy. Okay. In one, I believe, Phil, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he barely talks, and yeah, I'm not kidding. He's a drifter. Yeah, he mostly just, like, I've got to go. He interacts early on with, like, the police officer that comes up to him, right? But then the rest of the movie, he might only have sporadic lines. We'll definitely do the original Rambo it's at some pre- point It's pretty clear that, that Stallone was so popular at the time that this was that that the Rambo series became a huge money making vehicle, but I bet that he had other projects going, and so he seriously didn't want to put like a lot of line work into these films. No dialogue. Just let me come in, take my shirt off. It's true, and blow some things up. That's what I think. The fourth best kill of this movie, in no particular order, but this is the fourth best one: uh, the bow and arrow in the caves. He just like all of a sudden he just like has okay, a, he just cool. has a bow and arrow. Where did like where that. did he even come? I'd from? like to talk about that. Nobody, I have, I swear to God, I have never seen an action film where they basically put the the um, conduits of the kill into the character's hands, and you have no idea where they came from. Right? Like he'll just have a gun. Like like when in Commando, when Arnold got to the island that the bad guys were on, he's absolutely loaded up with all this crap, and it looks sort of silly, but you're like, okay, he's, he's got, got all he's of this. He's got enough. He's got all this. Yeah. Like John Rambo would have like a ham sandwich in one scene and the next he'd have two machine guns. Right. There was or a, your point, there was a, bow and arrow. Right. There was a scene where, so uh, the Russian military is assembling and they're in tanks and so like he's kind of bouncing around and, and he's trying to fend off tanks and a couple military helicopters outside the base. And I think he gets thrown 
he, he there's like an explosion or something, or he gets tossed, and the scene shows him just like getting tossed off to the side uh, next to this tank, and these two dudes from the Russian army rise up out of the tank with guns, and Stallone turns, and there's just like a machine gun laying in the dirt, and he just grabs it, and <laughs> oh, and the best kill of the movie, the best kill of this movie, yes, was toward the end, Rambo squaring off against macho giant Russian big guy, right? Oh. And Russian big guy makes a grave mistake by having live grenades attached to his yes. chest protector, yes. whatever that was. Yes. And Rambo, getting choked out with the bear hug, still has his arms free, just pulls the pin on one of the grenades. And the guy panics. He drops Stallone, and he's got about four seconds to live. And he winds up falling down some sort of like a cave hole and blowing up as he hangs from the cave That's hole. actually in, in Great kill. my notes as well, though. It was a good kill. But by that point in the film, I didn't need a fight scene. I just wanted death. Well, you got it. No, right. But I feel like I feel like like the fight scene. It, if it had come earlier, I'd be like, oh, okay. You know, we're getting into the violence of the film. But because it came so late, I'm like, I don't want a fight scene right now. A back and forth. <laughs> I want guns and I want people dropping. I'm I'm tired by now. And and I, I did. So that guy who was a Russian who dies. I looked it up and his name's like Andy Smith. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Andy, come on over here. He's we like, gotta get this yeah. Rambo hey, guy. Can out. you do a Russian accent, Andy? <laughs> absolutely. I must break you. Okay, that's good enough. All right, let's get to our wait, any any last thoughts from Declan? Any any other least favorite parts of this movie for you? I, I will never watch another Rambo again. What? Oh, Rambo One, you should watch. Rambo One is a You should watch movie. it. Okay. Um, it oh, was horrible. I've got one more note. I'm, I'm serious. It was, it was <laughs> the worst notes. thing I have ever seen in a movie. Because we got to get to our definitive bad guy right I got more here. notes here. Okay. Um, when, when Rambo goes back for the second time by himself into the Russian camp and frees his buddy, okay? I absolutely love how he has time to not only, with intense pressure and men bearing down on him, free his buddy but also free everybody else. Oh, yeah. And they fly him out in the copter. The copter gets shot up and crashes. And by the way, does not blow up conveniently upon impact, but takes some time. And that's the last that you see of the hostages he freed. Like, why did we bother freeing the hostages? The rest of them. His buddy, I get completely. Well, you can't, but he, you mean... Like, like he, when, when would you have freed the hostages? After? I would, he didn't care about them. He only wanted his friend no, out. He, of course he cares about the hostages. But he frees them, but you don't know what happens to them. Do they get killed? Do they? No, actually, you know what? That's what happened. They went back to their village and told the, the rest of the Afghan Oh, because they had time army, to hey, cruise back in their on. nice nice car? <laughs> what they get? What they get in it's, their Ferrari? It's only, like, it's only like a three-hour journey back. Think about that, by the way. So it was. We know that it was at least a two or three hour journey to get from the Afghan village to the military base. So they travel. So those those prisoners escape. They travel at least two or three hours one way. Say, listen, you guys got to come back. They need your help. Was there really a six or seven hour window there after those prisoners were freed, where Rambo was fending off four hundred Russian soldiers? Maybe you're right. Maybe that's what we were supposed to believe. But anyway, all right. All right. Definitive bad guy rankings here. I'm going to say like we have to identify who the bad guy is here. I'm going to say just the Russian military. The Russian military is the bad guy. And the boss guy. I don't know. Russia's always the bad guy. It was it was more just about like the collective military effort though. So um, our definitive bad guy rankings to this point, Cyrus the virus from Con Air is number one. Dennis Hopper from Speed is number two. 
Angry terrorist Ivan from Air Force One is three. Corrupt senator from Hard to Kill is four. Chong Lee, the villain fighter in Bloodsport, is five. Uh, Bennett, the fat Freddie Mercury guy from Commando. <laughs> Bodie from Point Break. And General Hummel from The Rock. Here's what I think. All right. And this is tough for Declan because he yes. came into this segment after not seeing some of these movies. Uh, I was very unimpressed, but I mean, let, let's put it this way. For one, there wasn't like a, f- a great figurehead villain in this movie. I mean, there was, but he was like. I know what you mean. It was, it was supposed to be those top the, two guys. It's supposed to the Russian yeah, army, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And number two, they just like, like Chung Lee in Bloodsport murdered a couple fighters and was like a, a major threat to and Jean-Claude Van Damme. their necks and you got right. to hear the snap. The Russian military couldn't even, like, it's like 400 against one. They're just a bunch of incompetent Barney Fifes with machine and guns. And Air Force One had had the stereotypical Russian bad guy, but it was really well done, sort of. Yeah. Like, like it was over the top, but it was also well done, and so I could embrace this. This is, this is one of my least favorite bad guys, so I'd put it probably last. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't disagree. Let's put them last. Let's put him last. So he, uh, wow, we've done nine of these though. This is this is this is action movie rewind number nine for us. <laughs> number nine, it's pretty good, pretty good. All right, um, it's time to rate this movie on a one through ten Seagal scale. One through ten Seagal scale. We'll start with Declan. How many Seagals would you give? Negative one. Is that even an option? See, I think it's up there actually because it. Okay, we'll I put Declan down for a zero. Yeah, just okay. give me a zero. I, it was, I'm serious, dude. <laughs> I've I've seen some bad movies that like are so bad that I've enjoyed them. I can safely say this was the worst film I have ever seen. <laughs> Easily. Yeah, but that's not but see, Easily. But see, that's not the spirit of the one to Seagal ranking. The spirit is in some ways is how bad was the uh, film. I and, think and this gotta was, be some enter, it's gonna be entertainingly bad though. And so if, if this for Declan, if this went be if this was just bad without the entertainment, it wasn't then it's entertaining gotta be a zero. <laughs> it really okay. This actually to me um exceeds speed. In the wow. ranking, wow. Uh, it had a lot. It had a lot of of elements that I am looking for. I'm not saying I'm proud of that. What did I give Speed last week? Do you have it? A seven. Okay, I'm going to give this an eight then. I don't I'm, know who you are. I'm going to give this an eight. So you. I'm giving it a four. I'm giving it a four. You guys are. You do not get John Rambo then. I actually think Speed was a better movie than Rambo three, but I found it was a better movie. Found enjoyment out of that's out not of, the spirit of the ranking. Well, so I, I am putting no, but it's. I think we should define the spirit of the ranking just so we're clear going forward. I think the spirit of the ranking is how entertainingly actiony was the movie. Yep. And if there's other factors you want to include here, and so for Declan, if he didn't find it entertaining at all, then I'm fine with a zero being the ranking there. So it uh, gave could, you could, a record number of kills at the time. That's all I got to say about it. Could this movie have gone an extra thirty minutes? No. no. Could have been thirty minutes shorter. It really could have been. This did not have to be a one hour and 42 minute oh, movie. Dude. They spent an hour setting up the no, backstory. No, 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 no. They also had, you know, the largest budget of all time. So they were going to give, they're going to give you an hour 40. 142 was absolutely fine, but anything above that, nah, way too much. All right. For next week, it's my turn. Oh, yeah, it is your turn. Yeah. My turn. I'm excited. What all right. For us? We're going to go back to back Stallone. Okay. Screw it. We're going back to back. This is the first Stallone movie we have. We're going to go back to back Stallone. Right. We're going to hit on a couple of 80s classics. Okay. Similar theme. We're going right into Rocky IV. Okay. Oh, yes. Rocky IV for next week's action movie rewind. Okay. Uh, I saw be theater. honest. Have you, guys, have you guys seen it? Yes. I saw it in the theater. Okay. Beautiful. Nowood Mole back when they had a, a theater. Was there a standing ovation at the end? People were excited, there man. Had to have been. In 84? Don't. I yeah. despise that at movie theaters. So do I, but. 
back in the day, man, it was that was a popular film. Rocky Four next week. Okay, action movie rewind. Rocky Four. Uh, are we? Did we wait too long? Are we still wrapping no, no, no. with Royce? <clears throat> we can still wrap. I'm gonna All get right. a call here. All right, uh, get him on, and then I'll 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 talk about Federated here while you get Pat. On Fridays the line are here. tough, man. Fridays are tough to clear space. I know. Tell Pat Action Movie Rewind. If Pat wants to be part of Action Movie Rewind at some point, we could do that. Yeah, why is it awful? Uh, so, business owners out there, when you need Federated, Federated is here to help. Difficult times in the state of Minnesota, and so if you need trusted resources that could pertain to anything from communication to employees to HR-related communications, uh, written pandemic policies, Federated is here to help you. Uh, One of the things I love about Federated is just the fact that they've been standing behind business owners in the state of Minnesota specifically since the early 1900s, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. Uh, They are one of us in terms of Minnesota connections and uh, the peace of mind that comes with connecting with Federated uh, it comes with putting your trust in a company that is rated A plus for its financial strength as well. Federatedinsurance.com, or you can find trusted resources as a business owner at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Uh, Pat, our show's been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. The first 30 minutes were us just sort of opening up and having Ryan Saunders on to talk about what the hell's happening here in our state. We just got done with an action movie rewind about Rambo 3. So. Uh, you take this wherever you. Do you want to talk about Rambo three, or do you want to talk about what's happening in Minneapolis? <laughs> well, I, uh, what uh, first of all, I have not checked. I was showering. What did Walls tell us? Did we declare curfews or anything? Martial law? Or anything? He, he, he was speaking while we were doing our show, so we have not okay. uh, been able to digest it yet. Okay, yeah, somebody better announce a six p.m. curfew, don't you think? I mean, that would be a start. Yeah, that would any literally anything would be good. Yes. (laughs) It's a sad statement. Well, I am proud to say that I uh, feuded with Jacob Fry way back in 2014. So uh, I was on the cutting edge of the cutting edge of knowing what a weenie this guy is. (laughs) So uh, that was uh, that was uh, the all star fireworks. Uh, Remember that big, uh, big scandal that uh, because the game was rain delayed. Uh, the fireworks, which were scheduled for 11 p.m., did not go off until, what, 12.15. And uh, several of the uh, condo owners down there uh, in the area, they were loud, apparently, over the over the river back there. Uh, the Park. I had a, a river-facing condo unit at midnight on that particular night, Pat. And you and probably I, just enjoyed them, huh? I was in the yeah. middle of a deep sleep when the fireworks started, and I, for, for 10 seconds, legitimately thought that like our city was being torpedoed it was it was not you and then and then you realized it was the fireworks and probably looked out the window right yeah uh, jacob kind of neat well uh jacob uh, got to remember jacob was furious that they had (laughs) violated the permit and uh i basically went after him saying yes when this thing comes back in 2000 We'll make sure not to shoot off the fireworks, you weenie head. And uh, he's uh, he's proven me correct here with his uh, conduct in this thing. Uh, I really enjoyed it at uh, 2 a.m. this morning when the who was the gent from Channel Nine who was grilling him uh, impressively? I can't remember. Lyden and Tom Lyden. Yeah, not Lyden. It wasn't Lyden. It was Lyden like, but it wasn't Lyden. Yeah, Tom Lyden's not afraid of him. And and said, uh, "What's the plan?" What is the plan? 
And he stares at him for about eight seconds and then said uh, something like, what are you referring to? Uh, a plan is for, for what? Or what are you referring to or something? Well, what is the plan to prevent people from burning down the city? That, that uh, maybe we should have made it more specific here, uh, Mayor. How? Uh, but I know one thing. I know one thing. Leaving the uh, protesters turned rioters to their own devices is not going to uh, be the solution. So, Patrick, how how do you think that that this occurs on Monday? On Tuesday, you, you could see that there's going to be problems, but thankfully it starts to rain, so it dissipates the entire yeah. thing. How can you have no plan for Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday morning, wake up and yeah, and uh, you know Thursday and and pray that well you you had the plan on Wednesday. Certainly after Wednesday. You should have had a hell of a good plan for Thursday, right? Yeah. This National Guard, by the way, we kept waiting for the National. Has anybody seen them yet? I guess they showed up this morning. Huh? Yes. Uh, but, uh, boy, it's amazing. You know, I, this, this sounds like BS, but Lake Street has been one of my favorite streets and because you get to see Americana and uh, on there. It's uh you know, you you go, you get you, you you leave Lake Calhoun, and I can't even say what they're calling it now because I don't know how to pronounce it. But uh, you leave in Calhoun, and it's gorgeous, and then you go through Hennepin Lake, and it's gorgeous, and then you get to Lindale, and it's you know getting a little funk to it. And then for the next what three miles, it's one of the funkiest, wonderful streets you'll ever going to see. Mm-hmm. You know, you can if you can find a parking place at back, you can get great tacos. It used to be bars all the way up and down there, but uh, I, I just there was an I don't know if it was one of the buildings that got torched, torch, but there's a new uh, down there by the Circle of Discipline boxing uh, thing there. So we're down by Chicago, right? We're down on Chicago, and they're build they were building a new like. Complex and there's a Los Campos in there, and I was there like two weeks ago eating tacos, and uh, and uh, you know, and there was you know laundromat right behind it, and families in there, and uh, it's uh, and then you got the old Park Lake uh, car wash, which I go to about four times a year just for old times' sake. So I, I you know I've always enjoyed it all the way down to the Sears Tower, you know, from mm-hmm. from when you get past Lindale to the Sears Tower, it was like funky and and you know a, a, just a little hint of danger to it that was great but uh, now it's uh you, you know what it's gonna we're gonna look like detroit after 1967 we're gonna have stuff laying there sitting there you know burned out for uh 10 years i'll bet no, pat, nobody's gonna rebuild down there yeah pat i was i mean it and i don't i'm not gonna pretend to know a ton about the logistics of of uh, just like how they built certain areas of it up, but it sounds like it took a long time just to convince a second grocery store to be put in um, in the Lake Street area, and yes, like like even giving uh, more tax breaks than you ordinarily would. Mike, my, my question for for you is: I, I floated this by Judd. It fe- and you've been on Earth a little longer than me and Judd have been, and you did live through the 1960s riots and everything, all the unrest. It feels to me like we've been living in this fraudulent cloud in the state of Minnesota for a number of years and that we are, this is the great metropolis of the North and it's Minnesota nice and it's progressive and that we, you know, we're forward thinking and, and, and our major issues are, uh, plastic bags and, uh, that's that's all we got to worry about. If we can get rid of plastic bags, 
and get more bike lanes, we'll be fine. Yep. And uh, yeah, and all of a sudden, reality has kicked us in the shins. And uh, uh, it, it's you know, the, you throw the pandemic in, and uh, with this, and we will never be the same. Yeah. Not it's certainly not in my lifetime, and maybe not not in Judd's. Maybe yours, Phil. You got about. You got about what eighteen years on Judd, maybe. So. I thought you guys said about eighteen years left. Hopefully, more than that. he's got. No. Phil's got a fighting <laughs> chance, but we're screwed, Patrick. Yeah, it's never. It's not going to be the same, man. It's, uh, and uh, and the other thing is, Judd, I don't like your chances of going over there to see NHL games <laughs> at the pod at uh, XL. Oh, I think that's just a start of 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 organizations and conventions that are not coming here now. That's just a start. Oh God, yes, yeah, it's, uh, we're done. You know, yeah, I think it also, if baseball resumes, it'll have made the decision for the Twins as to whether they're started Target Field or Fort Myers. Yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I've always we've always, you really make a good point. We've kind of looked down our noses at places like Detroit and Cleveland and all these problems they have, and the and the disrepair in the cities, and you know, Detroit's so every five years Detroit's telling us how they're coming back and then you go there and you still see stuff from the 67 riots and uh and uh now uh now we are the national story and by the way okay it's a very bad look but uh the CNN crew being uh, what uh, detained for an hour I don't think is as scandals go this is a very very low on the priority list yeah, it's. I mean, if, if he had been in there for more than an hour, but it, it, to, to me, it's sorry to cut you off, Judd. So to, to me, it's more about all right. If you watch the whole video from from like the moment, so police come up to him. He's doing his job and he's reporting, and police come up and say, "Listen, you got you, you got to get out of here." And he says, and I'm I'm sort of paraphrasing. He says, "Just tell us where we can be. We'll go wherever you want us to be. We've you know we we've we hear you. We got you. You tell us where we can go. Like you know, we're not going to put up any resistance." And then there was sort of ten seconds of indecision. But that's the part. And the, then they put the handcuffs on. But the problem, like, the problem yeah, there, Pat, know, is we're a laughing stock. We we are a laughing stock. Yeah. Our 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 governor and mayor and mayors l- look like buffoons, and our cops like racists. That's our problem right now. We're a complete laughing stock. Yeah, and, and, and of course, everybody's making a big deal out of it. this fellow's Hispanic, right? The CNN guy. He's but, black uh, and Hispanic. He's fifty fifty percent. Yeah, yeah, but. You know, I mean, they, they, they're moving them there. And, uh, you know, let, let's face it, all law enforcement right now is in a pretty much state of panic, right? They have not, they they have been just told to go and only try to clean out these areas and try to do something after two days of indifference to burning down the city. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're just going to, they're going to err on the side of aggressiveness right now. I yeah. th- I think Patrick that that we become the first city ever to lose a precinct because I, yeah, I I saw Watts didn't lose one post Rodney King yeah. verdict didn't I think we become yeah, the that's first. That's okay. It's just a symbol. Yeah. Well, why are we going to Fry to let him make that decision? No clue. I mean, why? Why? Uh, that, that's got to be the police chief saying, "Listen, dummy, go back in your basement, sit down in the corner." And we'll uh, we'll defend this place, or we won't. We'll make our dis- decision. But uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just it's, it's 
it's uh, it's been a, a disgraceful thing. And then, of course, we had the president to calm down, say, we're willing to come in, but we're going to start shooting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's a whole, a, yeah. Yeah, what a beauty. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. If we can get baseball back here at Target Field in a few weeks, Pat, everything will be fine. Uh, uh, I get, I'm getting uh, outraged calls from, you know, guys uh, in the sports, you know, kind of retired sports guys. You got to write a call about, you know, a lack of, I said, I write sports. I can't go on and say Jacob Freisig. I can go on a radio and say he's an idiot, but I can't say <laughs> you know. But anyway, well, uh, enjoy- but here's the deal. If I stop at a grocery store in Minneapolis today, do I still have to give them a nickel for the plastic bag? Are we okay? <laughs> and by the way, that sand we put on the basketball court so the kids in the yep. city couldn't shoot baskets, can we use that to put out fires now? Not, can not, we shovel that? It's not, sa- not safe to play horse. Fire. As not long as the horse. bike lanes are fine in Minneapolis, I'm good with everything. Right. That's right. Uh, you know what I think a guy could do right now today, though? If you're if you're driving around and you want to talk on your cell phone, I think that's fine. I don't think anybody's going to tap you for that today. I think uh, I, I'm not encouraging it. I'm just saying I think you can get away with it. I'm just saying you can get away with it. That's all I'm saying. That is uh, Professor Patrick. All right, who is. All right Pat. pray for the pray for a great city, Minneapolis, which isn't so great at this moment. Amen. All right, Pat. Thanks, we'll see you next Royce. week, man. Talk to you. All right, that's uh, wrapping with Royce. And by the way. Yeah! That's a good point. Yeah, no, you got me. one. Yep. I know. You backed into it, but you got it. The good point, good question standings on the show. I have 13. Judd has 11. Rami locked in at nine. Jonathan had three in Declan. Still looking for your first. So, so we, we are counting good points. Yeah, if it's if someone compliments you on the question or the point that you made. Oh, okay. That's a good question or the good gotcha. point. Okay. That's, yep. Listen, that's, I mean, that, that's our livelihoods, man. We we hunt for that validation from our guests. Gotcha. It's a really good point there that you made. I hunt for uh, better movie-watching experiences. That's, uh, I love how goal. shook you are from Rambo I 3. I seriously hated it. <laughs> I was so I was so upset after watching it. Like, it, when it was over, I was like, that was, I want I want the 100 minutes back in my life. That was awful. I hope that Rocky IV produces Oh, I love Rocky IV. I love Rocky IV. I've seen it. I love Rocky IV. We just, I figured, like, since one of us, since the last two weeks we've just had, I don't know, and, I, and I'll admit that my, my reaction to speed is definitely in the minority. Yeah, you guys are just... <laughs> All right. Complete buzzkills. But I, I think next week is a surefire Mount Rushmore action movie yeah. for Action Movie Rewind. Yes. We'll get into that. And I'm going to tell you guys, I, I think the next time it comes around to me, I think we're going Lethal Weapon. Wow. You want a shot, shot at the title? Oh, so good. All right, that's a wrap on just a, a bizarre and sad and hopefully in some ways fun week of shows here on Mackie and Judd. If you have made it this far on this episode... It means you might like us. You really like us, which means we could use your help with a five-star rating or review on Apple, if that's where you listen, or anywhere you find podcasts. And subscribe to our Vikings-centric YouTube page, youtube.com slash score north. Be safe this weekend, everyone. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.